This is Young Jeffrey at the Young Jeffrey Show, and I have a special, special episode for you guys today. Today, I'm going to talk about the 15 signs of depression. Now, a lot of times, we have friends and family members, co-workers, people that we're around, people that are in our inner circle, where we can't really necessarily understand the signs that somebody may be depressed. It may be seasonal depression, or trauma, or deaths in the family, or finance-related, or things going on in the household, and they're bringing it to work, or it's a lot of things that can contribute to depression. So I just want to give you some signs that I've noticed within myself, signs that I've noticed within people in my family, my friends, my co-workers, people that I deal with, do business with, signs of depression that they've given me, and the signs of depression that I've experienced in my own self that I can give you. So things that you can kind of look for so that you know, oh, okay, this person may actually be depressed, all right? Depression... Depression is one of those things where it doesn't have, it doesn't have a a certain look to it. Sometimes you can look at somebody and they obviously look distraught. They obviously like there's something heavy weighing on their minds, and you don't necessarily know, you know. Oh, there's 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 really no question as to okay, this person is depressed. You know, you kind of just can look at them and tell. But that's not always the case. Sometimes depression can be, you know, silent. Sometimes people can be smiling, but on the inside. They're depressed. So I'm going to give you 15 signs of depression, uh, things that you can look for and what it looks like. It'll give you a few examples here and there. And uh, that way you'll have a better understanding of these signs within yourself and these signs that other people that you may be around and encounter. So here we go with the list. Number one, uh, they're more quiet than usual. Usually I'm one of those people when I get depressed and there's something on my mind, I'm always trying to fix it in my mind. I have a lot of things going on. I have to compartmentalize a lot of things. I have to move things around. I like to play out a lot of different scenarios. So I may get may get quiet because simply I'm just thinking. I'm thinking really hard. I'm worrying a lot. You know, sometimes I might pray. I might step to the side. Um, some coping strategies to deal with that. I usually, you know, talking to somebody, calling up my therapist, you know, talking to my wife, you know, just trying to sort it out so that way it's not as bad in my mind. Um, I try to get my mind off it in certain ways. A lot of people, they get overproductive, you know, they'll, you know, they'll start cleaning up the house and they'll go out and clean the car and they'll wash the dishes, they'll, you know, work out, you know, they'll listen to music or they'll, you know, start playing on the laptop. Scrolling on social media, whatever the case is, you know they're co- they're more quiet than usual, and it's to the point to where it's a a noticeable quiet. Like you have to almost ask this person, "Yo, are you okay? Yo, you alright? You know, I know you've been a little quiet." Those are the moments, right? So that's the first sign. Number two, uh, they use the excuse, "I'm tired a lot." This is also me. You know, my wife may notice that I'm distraught. I have a lot on my mind, something weighing heavily on my heart. And she may say, yo, you know, you know, um, are you okay? And I might say, oh, no, I'm just tired. I use that as an excuse or as a defense mechanism because I don't really want to talk about what's really wrong with me, what's really on my mind, what I'm really worried about, right? So I might say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just tired. Oh, you, know, I, you know, I had to had a lot going on. I had to fly today or I had, you know, had a lot of errands to run. And I'm kind of beat. You know, I'll, I'll bounce back. And usually I do bounce back, you know, but... That doesn't help because I didn't get it off my chest. I didn't get it out of my mind. I didn't express it. I didn't talk through it. I didn't get a solution. I simply just put it off. And anything that you put off, it always comes back around. Remember, there's a, there's a very, very, very important saying. Whatever you suppress, you give the power and the fuel 
to overtake your life. All right. So never suppress, always express. All right. Number three, they tend to lose their appetite. Now, a lot of people, you know, they may say, oh, I just don't have an appetite today. Oh, I'm not that hungry. Or I ate earlier. Really, they didn't eat, but they're going to tell you that they did so that you won't expect them to eat. Right. Oh, I lost my appetite. People who tend to lose their appetite frequently, you know, they tend to look a little distraught. They tend to look like, you know, there's something on their mind. Then something just seems off, feels off. You know, typically that can be a sign of depression. All right. Number four, they avoid eye contact. You'll see, you know, when you're talking to them that, you know, they're kind of looking off to the side or they'll be looking down at the ground, up in the air, like it's a bird flying over them or something like that. Because they don't want to look you in your eyes because they'll feel as though you're reading that there's something wrong, right? Because your eyes are the windows to the soul. So if I have a, if I have a lot of worry, you know, in my spirit, if I make eye contact with you, there's a fear that as a depressed person, you'll be able to read that worrisome spirit on me. You'll be able to read that energy and be and start asking me questions and start trying to get to the bottom of what's wrong with me. But in that moment, I'm quiet, right? In that moment, excuse me, I'm tired, right? In that moment, I lost my appetite. In that moment, you know, I'm looking around, not making eye contact with you. So obvious, it's obvious that I don't want to talk about it, right? So if I'm going to avoid eye contact so that it won't trigger the question of what's wrong and you start asking me a series of questions right because people who are depressed they don't necessarily want to talk in those moments number five they want to be alone a lot see there's a difference between being alone because you want to be rejuvenated that you want to you know kind of want to spend time alone you're kind of a loner anyway you enjoy being alone and you know you're okay with not being in the presence of other people there's a difference between that and being alone simply because you're depressed. You want to be in dark rooms. You want to sleep a lot. You know, you don't want to be around people who are going to challenge your emotions in any type of way. You know, you don't want people asking you questions. You might not even want to talk at all. You might not want to be around people simply because you don't want to talk. So if you want to be alone a lot, that may be a sign of depression. And it may be a sign of, you know, you need to dig deeper and see what the root of the issue is. Number six. They smile for a moment, but go back to a blank expressions afterwards. Typically, people who are depressed, they, they tend to give you a fake smile. They're like, mm, okay, just to kind of brush you off. They kind of make, but it's easy to tell that they have a lot on their mind. It's easy to tell that this person may be going through some sort of depression because they give you the fake smile, but you realize, dang, that was, that's not, that's not you. You know, that's not, that wasn't genuine. What's up? You know, so it's very easy to tell. That can be definitely be a sign. Uh, number seven, they struggle to stay engaged in conversation. The reason why is because conversation, dialogue, is a stem of how quickly your mind can articulate and formulate thoughts, right? So you can only talk if your mind tells you and gives you the words to say, right? So if you got a whole lot of stuff on your mind that you're worried about, a whole lot of things that you're dealing with, a whole lot of things that you don't really know the outcome to, and you're kind of challenging yourself and you have this mental battle going on, you, it's hard for you to engage in a conversation with somebody in that moment because you already have the all the fullest extent of capacity in your mind already occupied with other things that you're worried about. So it's hard for you to stay engaged in conversation because you're worried about other things. You worry about how you're going to find a solution to other problems. Number eight, they've become emotionally distant. People who are depressed, it's hard for them to remain attached 
because they lose they lose hope. They get discouraged. They tend to start to worry about other things, worry about their job. They tend to worry about their relationship. They tend to worry about, you know, they, the lost friendships. They tend to worry about their finances, how they're going to get from point A to point B. A lot of things can be going wrong, and they don't really know the answers to those questions. They don't really have the tactics to take on these battles. So they become emotionally distant. They feel as though they're alone. They feel as though they don't have that army of support behind them to get them to the next level. So they get really, really, they get really, really emotionally distant, right? And they want to be alone and they want to try to figure this thing out. But it's hard for them to stay engaged and it's hard for them to stay within the midst of the people who actually do care for them. So they just get distant and they try to figure it out. And usually it's a battle that's in your own head. Number nine, they become apathetic about. They become apathetic about things they normally be engaged in. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, people, they have interests, right? People have interests. Everybody has things that they're into. But even things that you're into can become an afterthought when you're depressed. You know, for example, me, I love going to the gym, right? So if I'm depressed, I can feel myself being like, man, fuck the gym, man, whatever, I don't even feel like going today, man, and so I have to stop myself and say, wait, why do I want to go to the gym, I love the gym, you know, I love, I love watching YouTube, I'm a YouTube junkie, right, if, if I'm depressed, I'm like, uh, I don't even want to watch that shit, I'd just rather sit with the TV off, and I'm like, wait a minute, like, why, why don't I want to watch YouTube, I love YouTube, I watch YouTube every day, why am I, you know, I'm depressed. So let me get to the bottom of it. Let me try to sort this thing out. Let me talk to somebody. Let me see what I can do to bring myself up. And a lot of times it's gratitude. You know, the way to combat discouragement is gratitude. You know, I start counting my blessings. You know, I know a lot of people that have died. I know a lot of people who are very, very sick. I mean, terminally ill, cancer, you know, extreme cases of diabetes and hypertension and people who have lost limbs and people who can't see can't hear i know so many people who have so many struggles so many battles you know and so many deaths have occurred around me family friends you know that i'm just so thankful to be here i'm so thankful so thankful to get up and have another chance every day so when you start counting your blessings yeah you can see you can hear i have all my limbs you know i have a clean bill of health my heart is beating you know my mind is intact i have you know access to finances you know i have a nice home and like i have so many things to be thankful for that i can combat a lot of those feelings of discouragement with gratitude and so that gets me to the first level and once you get to the first level you it's like a launching pad and a springboard for you to start getting into you know combating you know a lot of those things that you would normally be engaged in but you start putting off because of the depression um number 10 you have big mood swings Usually people who are depressed, they'll be up one moment and down the next. And the reason why is because one thing can throw off their whole day. You know, you depressed, you know, because, you know, your check was $250 short because, of you know, you forgot that this fee was going to come out for your mortgage. Or you now you got to pay property taxes. You forgot about it or, you know, a lot. So many things that can bring you down and that can you know, start weighing on your mind, you know, your girl texts you something and you don't even know what she mean by that. You're like, what, what's going on? It brings you down. Your whole spirit just starts melting and you have a mood swing. 
mood swings come because of a shift in mindset. See, you choose happiness. You choose joy. And usually that's influenced by your environment, your circumstances. Your people who you hang around, your environment, your work, the way that things are flowing in your life give you a certain a certain value and that value is based on your expectations if your expectations are being met and things are flowing well then in your head your expectations are being met so you must be happy but if things aren't going well then you're disappointed you start getting discouraged you start getting down and ultimately if you sit there long enough you'll sulk and you'll be depressed right so you'll have mood swings you'll be up and down just like the stock market up down up down if you coast in the middle then you just kind of going through the motions you're on autopilot Number 11, they avoid making future plans. The reason why is because they're so up and down, you know, they're so manic and then depressive that they don't really know how they're going to be on Friday. You know, if you're depressed and you're going through a depressed stage, this could be happening for a month, month and a half, two months, you know, so you don't know how you're going to be on Friday. It's Monday, people asking you if you want to go out, want to go downtown, or you want to go to a bar, or you want to go see a movie, or you want to go bowling, or you know, anything. You want to go to the gun range, whatever. And you just like, eh, you know, I, I'll let you know. And the reason why is because usually those people are so unstable with their emotions that it's hard for them to tell. Well, I don't know how I'm projecting for the rest of the week. You know, I may be all right that day and go with you. I may not. They want to leave it kind of in the air so that they can make the decision later as opposed to just making the plans now. Locking in and committing to it. So usually people who are depressed and they're going through that stage, it's hard for them to make future plans. Number 12, uh, they have difficulty concentrating. Usually, you know, this goes hand in hand, you know, with wanting to be alone, with making eye contact, with being distant, uh, with, be, with things that, you know, engaging in conversation, all these sorts of things. It's hard for you to concentrate as well. You know, it's hard for you to concentrate simply because there's so many things on your mind. There's so many things that are worrying you. There's so many things that you can't seem to get over or you can't seem to figure out. So you have the difficulty concentrating. It's hard for you to concentrate on the tasks and goals that you set out for yourself that day simply because it's just so much weighing on you. Number 13, you start talking about bleakly things. You know, you start talking about things that don't really mean much. You start talking about things that, about things that were, were kind of on your mind, things that you know about, you know, but it's like you, you, you're starting to talk about things that are kind of off the wall. You know what I'm saying? You're starting to talk about things that are distant. Start talking about fantasies, you know, instead of being practical and being present, you're kind of talking about things that aren't really, have, that doesn't really have anything to do with your current state. Um... Number 14, you start giving short responses. You know, people when people get short, it's simply because they're trying to get back on, in their head, they're trying to get back in that stage of thinking about what they were worrying about in the first place. So if you're worried about finances, that's, what, that's, that's your train of thought in that moment. So if people start asking you questions about other things, you don't really care about those other things. It's kind of like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm doing this. Yeah, I'm that. Yeah, this is where I'm at. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. You're being short because you're trying to get your mind back on what you was worried about in the first place. So when you're short, it's simply because you're simply just brushing people off. You're throwing people off and you're trying to be short with it. So simply you can recenter yourself to get back on focusing on your problems. Number 15, people get irritable with little things. And this is me. Definitely. I get very, very irritable. 
Uh, I get very, very short and snappy. I start to feel as though everything in the world is getting on my nerves, right? Everything. Nobody can do anything right. You know, I'm late and I feel like I get every red light. You know, I can't put my seatbelt on. I'm struggling with it. And now all of a sudden it start, it locks up on me. You know, like I'm running out the door and next thing you know, I can't find my keys. Like everything just, the world is just conspiring against me. Right. And that's definitely not the case. Just feels that way. So you get irritable and you get snappy, especially with people you love. People get the brunt of it. People that are close to you. You're like, whoa, like what did I do? You didn't do anything. It's just simply internal battle that the depressive person can't seem to win in that moment. So these are the 15 signs that you can look for when it comes to depression. I'm going to throw in an honorable mention. And this isn't a sign, but this is definitely something that I've seen can contribute to depression. Uh, this is something that I've experienced. It's something that people around me have experienced. And I'm going to give it to you as as a um, as an honorable mention. Um, I'm going to say this, man. Social media. Social media can definitely contribute to depression and the reason why is because we compare our lives to other people we look at what other people drive what other people live the clothes they wear you know their weight how their skin looks you know all these different things that people post and it's kind of like a highlight reel of your life you know it's, it's all the highlights it's like ESPN you know I'm a post where I ate at today I'm a post you know me riding in my car I'm a post my new nails I'm a post my my haircut I'm a post my new sneakers, I'm opposed in all these things. And it it puts people in a state where they feel as though they have to they feel as though they have to keep up with that. And you're trying to keep up with celebrities, you're trying to keep up with people who are doing illegal things to obtain money. And you're and, and it puts you in a very depressive state because you feel like your life isn't enough and that you're not doing enough, that you're behind the eight ball and things are just not going your way. These people's lives are so much better than mine. The trips they're going on are so much better than what I can afford. Their car is better than mine. Their house is way bigger. They got a nice yard. Look at their family. They're beautiful. Oh, they're in a relationship. Their goals. like So social media is the highlight reel of people's lives. They don't post when they're depressed. They don't post when they're sitting in the corner in the fetal position crying their eyes out because things aren't working out. They're not posting the fact that they're, you know, Things aren't going right at their job. They're not posting that they just took a huge loss of, from a gambling debt. They're not posting the fact that they got jumped at the gas station. They're not. They're not posting anything negative. They're posting the new outfit. They're posting a new car. They're posting the new home. I just closed. Here's my big key and my glass of wine or champagne or whatever. They're posting the haircut. You know, it's me at my best. I took forty pictures and here's the one that looks the best to me. You get to see it and like it and comment on it, share it, whatever you want to do. It's the best one. And I don't think that's fair. And I don't think that's fair to not only the world, but I don't think that it's fair to yourself in order to put yourself through that. So when you see social media, look at social media as kind of like a fantasy world. When you log out, that's when the real life starts. You know, where do you work? How are you going to get money? You know, how does your body look? How do you want it to look? You know, what are you doing? What are you doing in your life? To what are you doing in your life to improve things? You know, how are you going to improve your life and your circumstances? You know, and focus on that. Stay, stay in your lane. You know, it's kind of like when you're running 100 meters. You got eight runners. And that gun go off. Boom. You know, if I'm running straight, 
I can't be looking over to the left and looking over to the right and seeing where they at. I'm looking straight ahead. I'm tunnel vision, and I'm doing what I prepared myself to do for months and months and months and months, and that's run this 100-meter dash as fast as I can so I can win this race, right? I'm not looking to the left, not looking to the right. I'm definitely not looking behind me, up or down. I'm looking straight ahead and running fast as I can because I'm staying in my lane and I'm running my own race. And that's what you have to look at as far as life, whether it's running 100 meters, whether it's running 1,600 meters, whether it's running 1,000 meters. So you have to stay in your lane, you got to stay focused, and you got to look ahead, right? Because there's a reason there's a reason why the windshield is way bigger than the rearview mirror. I'm going to say that again. There's a reason why the windshield is way bigger than the rearview mirror. The rearview mirror, you look up real quick. It's, it's very small. You can see what's behind you. But the windshield is huge. And that's what you need for you to move forward. This is the 15 signs of depression. I hope that you take these signs. You look around you. Look in your circle. Look at yourself in the mirror. And if you notice any of these things, and if you have some others, please let me know. But yeah, these are these are just a list, a list that we've compiled. People around me, you know, people on Twitter, people on Instagram, people, my family, friends, all of us, you know, has some things that oh, well, I'm, if I'm when I'm depressed, I do this, and I'm depressed, I do that, or this is how I feel, this is what this looks like, and it's just opening up the conversation. So this is the 15 signs of depression, and we're gonna end with this, man. This is self care, Mac Miller.
ask her this how to play It must be nice up above the lights And what a lovely life that I made, yeah I know that feeling like it's in my family tree, yeah That Mercedes drove me crazy, I was speeding Somebody save me from myself, yeah Tell them they can take that bullshit elsewhere Self-care, we gonna be good Hell yeah Oblivion, yeah, 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 ye